0: I'm Liz Beattie. This is the new Healthy Building Podcast. As always, we dig for stories about people and technology transforming communities and saving the planet, one building at a time. Today, we go straight to an industry and research expert in verifying the claims of air purification and ventilation technologies. Certainly, in the age of COVID, these tests of efficacy are more important than ever in making sense of a growing and often confusing marketplace. Tony Capito is currently the research chair of sustainable buildings technologies at Mohawk College in Ontario. Welcome, Tony.
1: Yeah, thanks, Liz.
0: Now, you are a rare hybrid of sorts, blending boots-on-the-ground operational experience in Ontario's schools with thought leadership in the highest echelons of green building technology in academia. But I'll let you explain.
1: My early days in engineering were in operations, and that led me to um, ultimately become a senior official uh, regarding facilities in both school districts here in Hamilton. So it gave me a broad perspective of looking after buildings and um, dealing with students and sometimes parents and those types of things. Uh, As I moved on in my career and ended up at McMaster University, I uh, chose to uh, further pursue an advanced degree in in engineering and ended up with a, a PhD in civil engineering with a focus in on green buildings and policy. So that was very helpful for me in terms of uh, developing a a love for better buildings and green buildings. And in doing that, I had the pleasure of working with students and doing some research as well. So as I moved into my career at Mohawk College and we got involved with the first zero carbon institutional building in Canada, I was excited to uh, realize that there was a tremendous amount of opportunity and potential in further research and working uh, along with students and, and projects And that had me move on to my current position, which is a research chair. And uh, it's been exciting.
0: Now, I understand your connection to Nerva, Remy LED, and Duck Sealing Technologies started as a partnership with Thomas Cole, Inc., more of a grassroots climate change movement with local school boards.
1: We started just before COVID hit. We, we, Mohawk College, joined into a partnership with uh, the 10 local school districts around Mohawk College and we called it the Climate Change Leaders Hub. And and in doing that, we had opportunities to work individually with school districts to uh, ultimately help them with reducing carbon and improving energy consumption and doing some curriculum changes or otherwise. And needless to say, COVID had us uh, pivot a bit and, and do some other things that would be more important given the circumstances. And TCI, who was our partner in the Climate Change Leaders Introduced us to Nerva uh, Energy out of Stony Creek, and they uh, had some interesting technology that they thought would be helpful for our uh, school districts, and that involved air purification and ventilation improvements. Uh, we liked that concept, and we pitched it to uh, all the school districts and, and several others in the province, and and a local school district uh, in Grand Erie, uh, District School Board, you know, Brantford, uh, saw tremendous amount of potential in this. And from my perspective, it looked like a a great research opportunity. There there is some very good literature about uh, the products that Nerva introduced, particularly the Remy LED air purification technology and the duct sealing technology. Um, Plenty of good research that has been done on that, but very little or any that's been done in situ. And we saw an opportunity to start looking at some in-situ testing that would help uh, validate the performance and efficacy of these particular uh, technologies. And so far, that's going very, very well.
0: So what makes TCI so simpatico with your work at Mohawk?
1: Yeah, I I I think the the value that TCI brought to the table for us in developing the uh, Climate Change Leaders Initiative was that... They understood school districts, so did I, based on my professional background, and I think it was a great partnership for us early to work together and bring Mohawk into a a leadership scenario with the local school districts around us. Uh, We recognized that they were representing an excellent company out of the United States, Uh, COVID and the impact on institutions and other buildings there's a myriad of products and services that are out there. And we had to help differentiate uh, some of the differences between the product and services they were suggesting and recommending with others. And we quickly saw that value. Uh, The challenge became that there had been very little testing of the efficacy of any products in situ. There's a lot of lab work. There's a lot of uh, research that's been done, and some, some with third parties, but very little or any that involved testing and measuring and validation in an office room or in a classroom or otherwise. Uh, we thought that that was necessary. And, and secondly, we had prospective uh, school districts and other clients who were requesting this service.
0: Knowing this real-world efficacy seems pretty important,
1: It it is because uh, you need to get past uh, what I would say is the marketing of any particular product and get on to the scientific rigor that uh, should be applied to some of these to make sure that in particular, uh, the public sector is getting value for money. Uh, There really wasn't any testing protocols that helped to measure this particular efficacy and output of these technologies. So we started to develop some, and I think that was the important piece here, is that we were able to do some straightforward uh, testing protocols that existed in industry that could be applied to this particular technology. We're at a stage right now where we think we could uh, be well positioned to try and prove out the efficacy of not only this, but these particular products that we're dealing with, but perhaps others as well.
0: And why should our school boards, our hospitals, our companies care about choosing solutions with this real world proven track record?
1: Uh, you know, a great question on that. And I think it goes back to um, the issue of risk and what we've experienced with those particular industries right now. And I, you know, full disclosure my mom's in a long term care center nearby here in Hamilton. I think it's a good one uh, by any stages but having said that 19 people died in that particular long-term care center uh, and uh, fortunately my mom got through all that but was isolated in her room for several months. We know that and my experience now has proven out that systems within buildings, hospitals hospitals may be the exception because there's often a little higher code requirement for how they heat and cool and ventilate their, bu- their buildings. But other buildings, it's been conventional systems that have been around for 50 to 75 years and they had very little improvements in them. So other than maybe changing some filters, there needs to be much more rigor applied to how one would test the existing um, facilities, how one could improve it with technologies and then validate those technologies to see if they're working properly. There have been some, uh, what I would call, uh, dubious products that have been introduced into the marketplace that really, uh, when you dig down into it, uh, really don't perform what they should be doing or what they claim to be doing. But the optics are that um, someone is doing something about them and that, that appears to be satisfactory.
0: And of course, in many cases, it is not. So let's connect all this back to climate change leaders and helping students learn how their built environments can keep them safe and help move us all toward reaching carbon reduction goals. First, give us an idea of the scope of your current climate change leaders hub.
1: That's a good point. Just just in our hub alone, there there are several hundred thousand students. There's uh, uh, thousands of teachers that are impacted by this.
0: Impressive. And what's the big takeaway that you hope to give these education communities?
1: If people understand um, how a building may work and have some comfort that someone is attending to that, that they feel well in that particular building, then you know you're a little further ahead. So introducing students and occupants to a little bit of basic understanding of how things work will help them be more stronger proponents themselves to insist on having a good, healthy environment to learn, to work, to live, or otherwise. Uh, There's plenty of of opportunity for students to learn this and occupants to learn this, and we want to be there and be positioned to be the catalyst for this. Because I think learning early at the formative years will help them as life goes on.
0: Okay, so let's dive into the work you're doing to show how and how well the Remy LED and duct sealing technology work in real-world settings.
1: Yeah, good, good point, Liz. And, and <clears throat> the, the two technologies that were introduced by Nerva Energy were the um, Remy LED air purification technology and the duct sealing technology that helps improve ventilation rates, et cetera, throughout a particular building, our, and mostly, in our cases, at schools. Um, so the, the REMI product does three things, and, and and part of the claims are similar to what many others might be saying, but it, it deals with the ability to help control or minimize the risk of um, uh, microbials, bacteria, viruses, molds, and other things to be introduced into your uh, school environment. Uh, it also helps with gases. So you have uh, VOCs, which are... Um, a problem often in, in schools and then you know, people smell that it's kind of that new car smell where you have some gassing and other things and odors or etc that are being controlled and as well particulates and particulates are just those things that are in the air like dust and dander and pollen and and that type of thing that are often challenges in in schools. so the remy product deals with all three of those it's been proven out scientifically in some of their lab tests we're starting to introduce that some testing now that's helping validate those particular uh, performance issues, and early early testing we've done at Mohawk College has been very encouraging. So we've done something simple that uh, students ultimately will be able to get involved in and, and understand, and that's uh, using petri dishes to do some testing before and after the product, the um, Remy product has been introduced, and we're also. Using some uh, surface metering that's been used in the food industry for for many years, it's called ATP testing, adenosine an triphosphate. For anyone who's interested in doing that, but what it does is it checks the cleanliness of surfaces, and that and those surfaces are important in the food industry, obviously. And and we are doing we're starting to do the early testing of those particular things. Uh, in some lab work at at Mohawk. And we will start doing that in some schools in Grand Erie. And the early work we've done is very encouraging. The product appears to be working very well. And we're encouraged about that. The next thing that uh, I think is important is, and and I mentioned this earlier, was how many times um, individuals, whether it's a teacher or students or others, complain about the ventilation in their schools. And having looked after more than 200 or more schools, there's a litany of challenges between the age of building, the quality of mechanical and electrical systems and how well those work and all the monies you need to help keep them well maintained. There's many schools where it's just not well maintained for, for many, many reasons. And what we're doing with the duct sealing is uh, getting uh, poking our nose into those ventilation systems, some of them that haven't been looked at properly in, in uh, decades and, and looking at uh, a great technology that helps uh, seal those particular the ductwork to improve the flow, but also finding a lot of the challenges that go with a ductwork system, whether that's venting, cleaning, uh, pieces that aren't even properly connected or otherwise. And early records right now what we're seeing in many schools where this has been introduced are are, are incredible. We're seeing typical ventilation improvement rates of 30 to 40%. In some cases, uh, in one school that I was in, it was well over 80% improvement. And that's, that's fascinating. And, and, it, and it starts to highlight how much deferred maintenance is in school districts and school buildings and all the, the technology and the money that needs to be sent, spent to do this properly. So we're, we're at this early stage where we're starting to uncover some challenges, get those challenges resolved, and make some significant improvements to those particular schools. At the end of the day, I think uh, some of the testing that we're doing is something that students can easily get involved in. It goes back to the basic principle of helping them learn and understand how their buildings operate, and, and doing some simple testing will help them validate some of the things that they can learn about the building and understand that there is technology that's been installed that's helping keep them safe. Eventually, we'll have uh, students who will be able to uh, take these on as particular projects and do some research on their own, not only at the college level, but even some senior students in the uh, secondary schools can help do this.
0: (laughs) It sounds remarkably hands-on. And of course, there's the importance of these learning environments walking the talk of greenhouse gas reduction. And we're talking significant reductions.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. And I should have highlighted that a little bit earlier, but you know, it's kind of um, in in our case, it's been an unintended positive consequence of the work that we're doing. We're realizing that as we go in and improve um, the ventilation in the particular schools, we're also recognizing very quickly that this is producing some significant energy uh, reduction opportunities, that it's um, starting to uh, help with the wellness of of the students. And when you measure all that together, there's a significant greenhouse gas reduction component to this, because that's the broader picture. At the end of the day, as we go in and improve things, not only you know, we've been more focused in on because of the circumstances, um, the, the safety in the ventilation piece. But at the end of the day, this is a building component. These systems are part of the building. Buildings use a lot of energy and when we're going in to make improvements, we're reducing the energy use and that the, the positive side of that is that reduces greenhouse gas uh, emissions there's some huge upside here. We we could be seeing reduction in greenhouse gases for typical schools that could easily approach 25-30%. And that's that's significant. Now now we're getting somewhere if we can do that.
0: Misinformation is unfortunately a reality of our world today. And we see it heightened amid the sense of angst and urgency in this pandemic marketplace for air purification and increased ventilation. Your testing seems to be helping shine a light on the facts, not the fiction.
1: That's a good point. I'll, I'll do my best on that. Cause there, there is a, again, a myriad of products out there, but there's, um, you know, in, fundamentally there's just, there are, there are active and passive, um, uh, technologies that are out there to help with air purification within a, within a building space. And, um, some of these passive ones are, are uh, limited in their capacity and that typically involves a fan and a filter. Uh, sometimes it involves some uh, UV lights that are being put in, uh, but the active technology, which is, uh, represents the Remy LED product, there are some others as well, um, but primarily they uh, have been tested out in a lab and that is more applicable to real life scenarios and that helps uh, withstand some rigor and some questions that would be coming out. We're we're happy to be doing um, supporting that particular uh, piece of of research, but also helping to put a protocol in place that I think works better for uh, proving out that um, any any negative outcomes that could be perceived by these technologies, any of these particular technologies are actually not the case, particularly for Remy LED product and the air duct ceiling, we, we, we can't test every product out there. There's, there's many of them and there's many different technologies. Some of them make sense, some don't, uh, but we're, we're trying to focus in on our ability to look at a leading technology and proving this out in, in, in the actual uh, marketplace in situ where occupants are right there. So when in doing that, we're trying to keep a focus and on doing this properly because it, it these, any results that we come up with must withstand some rigor and also uh, claims that there are other issues or other problems and we can dispel those particular claims. Some of those involve uh, ozone, that, you know, products, certain products produce ozone and we're saying, well, the literature says it doesn't, and it's been tested in the lab and it doesn't. Let's test this in situ. And we'll be doing that in three Brantford schools. And we have meters that can go that students can easily use and determine for themselves if, if there's concern for something, let's dispel that particular concern. So it's about learning, it's about understanding.
0: A silver lining to this incredibly challenging time we're becoming more aware than ever how our built environments affect health, the planet. Do you see this big culture shift afoot on climate and wellness?
1: Well, I I think what's happened is that the pandemic has caused many um, building owners, and that's a broad perspective, and and governments are large building owners, to really focus in on the quality of, of their buildings, and how their occupants are being affected by this. And what it means on a global scale for improving their systems and ultimately trying to be part of a a large entity and group that needs to start meeting targets for for greenhouse gas emission reductions. You You don't start to look at air quality with that in mind, but what we've learned is as you do this, there is a positive unintended consequence. And that is there's opportunity to save energy, to improve your systems, to cut your greenhouse gases. You need to stay focused. You need targets. And in some small way, what we're doing uh, is, is, is at the grassroots of some of the things that need to happen, improving the buildings, improving the, the well-being of, of occupants, and as well, you know, being a better citizen towards looking at greenhouse gas reductions. These are important. So we need to keep focused. Understand that it's going to take time, but you you just need to keep down that path and keep moving forward every single day.
0: Tony, I have to ask, what is it like to find your career path smack in the middle of such a pivotal time for this planet, for humanity? I mean, it's not overstating things to say your work is helping to save lives, to save this planet.
1: I've been very fortunate to be at some of the early days of some great uh, green buildings and now zero carbon buildings that have set the foundation uh, for you know, future generations to, to emulate and I think that's important. And I, I'm glad I was part of that. Uh, I continue to be part of that. I wanted, want to do that for the rest of my career for certain. We need to recognize that there's problems and we need to recognize that there's solutions and those solutions are within our grasp There's new and and, uh, emerging technologies that will help us get through this. But the encouraging thing I'm seeing is, someone who's worked in this career for quite a while, is that large corporate industries have finally seen the light and they know that there's changes necessary. They've set some longer term goals for themselves, which will help us all, I think, move forward. Lots of work ahead. We need bright young people who will take this on. I'm here to help them and share some information that I have and hopefully share a wealth of knowledge that will encourage them to be optimistic about the future and to make to know that they can make a difference as as they move forward in their lives and their careers.
0: Tony, thanks for sharing your time and your wisdom with us today.
1: Thanks, Liz.
0: And that is it for this episode of the New Healthy Building Podcast. For more information on Remy LED, duck sealing, Mohawk College's work and all this and more, go to our show page at thomascoleinc.com. That's T-H-O-M-A-S-C-O-L-E-I-N-C.com. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. I'm Liz Beattie. Thanks for listening.